everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Uh, this week, we are joined uh, once again by a very uh, special, awesome guest, uh, Sam Cohn of uh, alscoop.com. And also, I think this is the first time I've had you uh, since you've joined the Philadelphia Inquirer. So congrats on that, Sam, and thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thank you very much, Sean. Happy to be here. Always happy to talk some Temple Hoops. Yes. Um, and yeah, just uh, congrats again on the Philly Inquirer. Uh, how's that gig going so far? I appreciate it. It's been great. Yeah. Bella and I, uh, who I'm, have you had Bella on the pod yet? I, I did actually, I, yeah, uh, I was, like first or second say, week was, of football season. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was pretty sure I remember her being on. So yeah, her and I started, uh, like mid to late August, um, with the temple athletics beats so of doing football, basketball, and, uh, and then a lot of cool, we've had a chance to do a lot of cool feature stories on, on like Olympic sports and around temple athletics, which is, which has been a great opportunity. Met a lot of great people. Um, we've learned a lot. Uh, our editor is fantastic. So it's been a great experience so far. And I am, as you probably know, very excited for basketball season to, uh, to get underway. Yeah, no. And you guys have done a, a really good job with those. And I, even the, you know, the Olympic sport articles have been, uh, great and, you know, support all temple athletics. Uh, it was funny. I want to say like a month before you got that job, I kind of like swore myself off of the inquire as a Sixers fan. I was like, I just can't read it anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you got the job and I was like, oh, now I got to read it. Cause Sam's awesome. And, uh, I knew uh, you guys would do great work. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Thank you very much. That's kind of you to say. Um, but no, yeah, like, uh, we got some temple hoops to talk about. Um, I am sipping on a Miller light and I'm just going to say right now, we are not talking about temple football. This is strictly basketball only because I can't do it. And I think Sam's in the same boat a little bit as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a, a good win last night. Good. Uh, you know, first half started out a little. I mean, they jumped out to what a twelve-point lead, and then uh, UMES came back, and then it was like kind of getting iffy. But the second half, they really pulled away and showed they were a better team. Yeah, they were. Uh, Temple pulled up. I think their biggest lead of the the first half was twenty-four to twelve at one point, with four or five minutes left in the first half. Um, neither team played very well. They were no. the, the game was stuck on thirteen to ten for for a while. It was pretty low scoring. Both teams were getting shot opportunities. It was just nothing was falling. Um, you could tell that UMES was on the tail end of a back to back that they just uh, gutted one out with St. Joe's, but which they fell short in the night before, and it was Temple's first game of the season. So neither team could really get anything going. Both teams struggled to shoot. I mean, UMES took thirty one threes last night, and they hit only eight of them. If UMES hits 15, 17 of those threes, then maybe we're looking at a different type of game. Maybe it's maybe it's a lot closer than that, uh, or it's almost definitely a lot closer than that. So uh, Temple in a lot of ways lucked out that UMES also couldn't hit shots early, uh, that it was so back and forth, and then came back to bite them with uh, I, the, the Hawks hit like three straight threes to head into halftime, cut it down to one. And then it was really wasn't until a couple minutes into the second half um, – Zach Hicks starts to uh, knock down a couple of shots. Then Caleb Battle gets involved. And the offense really starts flowing in the sense of, like, they're getting these shots and they're starting to fall. Because I feel like for a lot of the game, at least, the the offense was was running, especially to start, was running kind of how Aaron McKee wanted to run that offense. They were getting good looks. The first couple baskets were all on, you know, getting action kind of along the three-point line and then guys cutting back door making those passes so they were at least either getting the looks or seeing the looks whether or not they were making the pass or it was a great pass or whatever it was the offense was at least you know there was some semblance of kind of what Aaron McKee wanted to do uh there were parts where they would stray away from that and it started to get a little bit of started to turn into one-on-one uh, yeah, a they, lot of they one-on-ones. had a stretch there where it was iso ball uh but they exactly. did get back into it 
Exactly. And the thing that Aaron McKee preaches so much is playing inside out, having guys, uh, you know, one pass cut through, uh, one guy drive off the dribble, suck in the defense and then um, and then find someone on the perimeter. So when they were able to when when the offense was running the way they should be running it and the way they that Aaron wants to be running it, they were getting those opportunities uh, and guys were knocking down shots. I think the one other thing I'll say about that first being done who you know all of last year Aaron McKee had said like when they're in a drought when they need a bucket Damien was the guy who could get that bucket for them Caleb's a great scorer I mean he put up 30 against South Florida last year but Damien was the guy who can kind of slow the game down for them uh you know when things aren't going right he can get to the foul line and kind of stop things for them he's that he's that guy for them and last night he was the one that was getting uh that was putting the ball in the hole early for them when really no one else could so he was kind of that spark plug early and then other guys started to chip in uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, two things that you mentioned, um, you know, they were on a second, uh, you know, second game of a back to back. And I didn't realize, like, I didn't even ch- think to check because college basketball rarely does back to backs like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got a text late Tuesday night, um, which I should say, I, we, we were planning to do this Tuesday night. And uh, I had to cancel on Sam last minute as I had an intramural basketball game for myself uh, in a men's league at the Plymouth Community Center. Uh, so thanks, Sam, for rescheduling this. I forgot to mention that earlier. Of course. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't even realize that uh, UMES was playing St. Joe's Tuesday night. And uh, I actually watched the final minute and a half of that game. And part of me was like, all right, is St. Joe's blowing it? Or is UMES going to give us like a run for our money tomorrow in a game that, you know, I'm sure was scheduled as like a gimme game. Uh, but no, they were a good team. But yeah, definitely, as you mentioned, like there was times where it, it showed that they were definitely uh, – you know, a little fatigued after having the second game in a row. Um, I really like how you mentioned, you know, the first half, uh, the offense got a little stagnant, definitely had that. Uh, there were some minutes where it was ISO ball. Um, and I, I was joking with the one guy sitting next to me who he had a, taken UMES with the, I think we were 26 and a half point favorites. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I know when it was like, I think it was like, I think he said like 13 to 10 or 12 to 10 for like five minutes straight. And I, I told the guy next to me, I was like, I don't think Temple might even score 26 points at this rate. Like, we will win, <laughs> we'll win the game, but, like, you'll cover because no one's even going to score 26 points. Like, it was just mm. bad offense on both sides for a while. Um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, Zach Hicks, uh, really, really awesome to see him uh, kind of be a spark, hit some threes. You could tell the bench was really excited for him. Um, and I think uh, Javon had in your guys' story covering the game how, you know, his first play was a pass that, you know, goes through his hands, which could be a, you know, a confidence uh, destroyer for a freshman, you know, first, first play of college basketball career kind of missed a pass, uh, but he stuck with it. And that was great for him. And yeah, the shooting we, we heard all season or all uh, summer uh, and all his senior season that he could shoot and it, it showed last night. So it was really good to see Hicks get going. Yeah. I, I put that video on Twitter to show the, um, like the, the, it was so funny to see how, how much his confidence progressed throughout the game. And after the game, uh, someone, someone had asked Aaron McKee about it. And Aaron said, like, well, I didn't play as a freshman, but I remember uh, getting in those first couple games and being so nervous early on. Uh, and that was really, uh, you know, I'm sure Zach Hicks, I think, said the same thing post game. Like he, he said he was really nervous during the scrimmages going in those uh, against Georgetown and Seton Hall, but he said he was still pretty nervous for opening night. Um, that first pass goes through his hands. He's, you know, wasn't doing anything spectacular on defense, but for a lot of those guys, it just takes one play. It just takes one thing, one thing to really turn them around. And uh, in my eyes, it was the, he gets, the ball goes through his hands and then a couple possessions later, uh, no, excuse me, it was the second half. It was, he, 
played a couple minutes in the first half and then comes back in the second half. And early on in that shift, he gets the ball in the, the like a uh, Nick Jordan takes a three, the ball comes off and he, he picks it up off the ground. He turns and he has the ball in the corner and there's a really like perfect lane for him to kind of take one or two dribbles towards the elbow, pull up from like 12 feet and take a shot, which is kind of what he's been talked up to be able to do a guy that can score, uh, can put the ball on the ground and score, make plays for himself. Um, but instead he makes a kind of a lazy toss pass to Sage Tolbert. Uh, they, you know, that uh, then he gets fouled. So he gets bailed out there. But then the, uh, then the next play, that, that's a foul. They call a timeout. The next play, they go into during a timeout, Aaron McKee draws up a, a quick baseline out of bounds, set for him, comes across, and he gets a clean look at the hoop, and it doesn't fall. And that's like, okay, he's at least taking the shot. He's just got to hit one, and his confidence kind of is later, a couple possessions later, he gets the um, he gets the rebound. They fly up the floor, and he steps right in bang, and bangs the three. That was really like – his moment of, okay, I'm here. I can do this. That was really his confidence moment. And the other thing I'll say about Zach Hicks that I noticed when we got the, when we got the chance to talk to him after the game last night in covering his recruitment and then hearing him talk uh, last night, he is so much more confident, so much more poised, so much more mature. Um, and he's a re- he's, he's a really, really good kid. Uh, him saying that he gained 20 pounds from the time he stepped on campus to Temple is insane. Cause that was really the biggest thing was like, Temple staff liked Zach Hicks a lot, but it was obvious that he had to put on weight. He had to get bigger. He had to get stronger if he was going to do anything at the college level. The fact that he was 170 when he got to Temple and he's above 190 now is thoroughly impressive. So it's only one game. It was against who Sports Illustrated ranked the worst team in college basketball. USC will be a very did with the Grand Salt, but. It, it, it was cool to see Zach Hicks uh, string a couple, uh, string together a couple of nice possessions and, and look like he belonged out there. Yeah, no. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that he put on the weight because at no point last night was I like, this is a super duper skinny kid. Um, and I, I agree. Like, it, you know, that was definitely part of his recruitment was he's got to put on weight and to do it so quickly, as you mentioned, it is really, really impressive. And he could, you know, probably put on a little bit more still. But at no point was it last night like, all right, this guy's super frail. He's getting tossed around defensively. Um, so, yeah, yeah no, he, he definitely he, he yeah. came into his body pretty quickly. Yeah, he, he definitely looked like he was like he belonged on the floor. I had admittedly had never seen him play live in high school. So it, I don't really have a good gauge of the difference in like his body type. Uh, one guy that I think the, the biggest clear difference would be someone like Jaleel White, who, of mm. course, had a whole nother year. But like looking at him when he played in high school and then looking at what he looks like now, he looks like a completely different person. And he's put on 15, 20, 25 pounds too. Um, but he's, he's so much bigger and so much stronger than he was his senior year of high school. So whatever they're doing is working, whatever that diet plan and workout regimen is, is definitely working for those guys. I could have used that as like a freshman in high school when I was like 125. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, Jalil White because that was the first time we got to see him at all as he didn't really play last year. Uh, in his senior year, he was recovering from a torn meniscus then as well. Um, it's I, I was super excited to see him. I think probably those two were the ones I really wanted to see what they had. I mean, Battle I was excited to see, but we kind of got a glimpse of what Battle has the capabilities of being at the end of last season, um, especially when Dunn missed those last couple of games. But I think Hicks and uh, Jalil were the ones I was like mainly focused on. Like, all right, let's go 
Jaleel White, I've heard nothing but good things. This guy who can guard the basically one through five can be a ball handler, can, you know, if you need him to play power forward on, on offense, he might be able to do that as well. Um, he didn't disappoint. Like, I, I think, you know, he took, I think, a one three. He also was banging down low. He was defensively really hustling, guarding. I mean, I, I like, it seems like defensively, they might just switch on every pick at this point. Like, it, if you're capable of doing it, I'm full, fully for it. So um, both of them, I, I would say, you know, if I had to grade both of them, at least a B plus overall, the two of those as guys that I was going into that game looking forward to see. Yeah, I think um, I, I am more impressed, quite honestly, with Zach Hicks's play. Uh, he saw the floor a lot more. He was able to do a lot more. And you kind of saw the growth there from, you know, the first his first time stepping on the floor. But to the end of the game, uh, Jaleel White, I still have very high expectations for in this rotation and this lineup and what he looks like. But he only played 13 minutes last night. He took I only I think the only you mentioned the one three. That might have been the only shot he took all night. Uh, he didn't have any points. He had a couple rebounds. Defensively, he was really solid. Uh, he didn't make any – I didn't notice any mistakes he really made defensively. Um, but he didn't exactly change the game offensively. I think that it was a lot of – my guess is it was a lot of um, them kind of easing him into the game, uh, them get, giving him the chance to kind of get his toes wet uh, within that rotation, within that offense. So I would, I would imagine his role increases, but – on night one, 13 minutes, just to kind of see like a little bit of what he can do defensively. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I didn't expect him to quite be a scorer right away, but um, you know, just, I think he's going to impact the game in so many ways as you know, you guys have on your show talked about, and I know Jim Fennerty's talked about uh, Aaron McKee has definitely mentioned it in press conferences, you know, just his uh, versatility and what he can do on the court. He can defend, he can rebound, he can play point guard as he did, you know, has before. Um, so just his ability to, do a little bit of everything. Um, and, you know, to our knowledge, it doesn't seem like he's ever complained that he's asked to do a little bit of everything. So I, I'm very, very still excited for him as well. Um, and I, I do want to give you a, a shout out. You have said going into this year that Ty Strickland will be a, a good contributor. And last night uh, he definitely, he had some good plays and I was happy to see him uh, on the floor as last year, it seemed like he was a little banged up. So uh, he's another guy who's kind of like, hey, confidence build, game one, let's go and uh, see what you can do the rest of the season. Yeah, we saw, I mean, again, this is all with a one-game sample size, but I think what we saw from Ty was what we expected of Ty uh, when he transferred to Temple and what he may have been last year before the shoulder surgery. Uh, had a chance to talk to him for a couple minutes um, at, very briefly after the game. I'm hoping to get a chance to talk to him again just to kind of get mentally last year uh he didn't he he was not the tie that he is now this time last year um he feels a lot more confident in himself both physically mentally and i think that his defensive ability has always kind of been there um his ability to sort of create for himself has glimpses that were really there a lot of last year when he played sparingly but none of it was ever enough to keep him on the floor Ty is going to have to be that guy because they have such a deep backcourt rotation. If he's going to be the first guy off the bench uh, in that backcourt behind Jeremiah Caleb or Dame, he has to be the kind of guy that shows night in and night out, day in and day out of practice, like that he belongs in that rotation and, and he's going to have to earn that time and show that he belongs to those guys. I think at night one, you know, opening night against Maryland Eastern Shore, he showed that like that's something he's very much capable of. Uh, there were a couple of shots where he'd, 
kind of create, uh, make a quick move, create for himself and pull up from like 15 feet and he hit him. And those were shots that he was sort of getting last year and when he played here and there, but he never hit those or yeah. taking a tough layup through traffic. He would have either put it over the backboard or, you know, it would have back clanked and gone the other direction. He was hitting those, he was scoring through traffic. He was getting, he was creating space for himself and knocking down those shots. He even took the one three. Uh, he missed his first one. And the second one, it was after a dead ball, but like he can shoot the ball too. He's going to, I think offensively, he's, uh, he's going to be a real weapon for them if he continues on this trend and he continues to play like he did last night. Yeah, no, I, I you know, he, he came to the team uh, from Wisconsin, Big Ten. So, you know, he's got, you know, the skill to obviously get that uh, coming out of high school. And then last year he kind of falls, you know, off a little bit. As you mentioned, I thought the same exact thing. Like last night he had that two dribbles to the left pull-up jumper and he made it. And my first thought was, you know, when the shot goes up, I'm like, I don't know. Like he's missed this so many times. And yeah, he made it yesterday. So uh, that was really good to see. And he's a lot uh, like Damian Dunn in that way that he can he can thrive in the mid range. Uh, and I think that if him and Dame can really iron out their uh, their shooting, they're shooting beyond the arc, then then that can be that can be really pivotal for them. Um, no, and uh, we haven't even talked about Dunn or uh, Battle, who Dunn had 18 and Battle ended up with 22. So, I mean, if those guys can combine for 40 points total, that's not I, we were I think going into the year was a little bit of a question if they could coexist and it. I mean, last night showed that they could coexist. So that was also really good to see. Yeah, Kyle, uh, Kyle would always bring up the fact that like, well, one, uh, Kyle always brought up the fact that they, it'll be interesting to see how those two play together. I had found that, you know, they, there were only eight games where obviously Jeremiah played all 16, because I think that uh, the, the conversation about those two playing together needs to have the Jeremiah piece in it because he's the one that's really facilitating everything. Um, the three had only shared the floor for eight of last year's 16 games. Jeremiah played all 16. Uh, Dame and Caleb only shared the floor for eight, just with both due to injuries. Caleb early on, Dame a little bit later in the season. So if the three of them could stay on the floor together and draw enough attention defensively, things are going to open up so much for them. Um, that, that was another thing I uh, put on Twitter today was there was just one play where Kalis on the right side and Jeremiah's in the corner and Damian Dunn was in the far corner. And when Caleb draws that kind of attention as a scorer, because you have two 20, you have two near 20 point scores on your team with Caleb puts up 22 and Dame puts up 18, they're both going to draw a lot of attention and they know that Jeremiah is a threat in the corner. So when Caleb gets a high screen or makes a move, dribble drive, whatever, if they think he's going to pull, he's going to draw some attention. Eyes are going to be there. If he drives, he draws in more defenders and finds open shot. That's Aaron McKee wanting to play inside out. Um, those are the kind of opportunities you're going to get. And there were glimpses of that with someone like Brendan Berry, who could draw attention just because he was such a good three-point shooter that guys kind of had to work had to over recover or over rotate. And then other, he could make another pass. Other guys would get open, whatever. But with those three on the floor together, I think if they execute the offense the way Aaron Mickey wants to, then they're going to, they're going to at least get open shots. And it's uh, a really good point to mention that Jeremiah is just as important to that. Um, I mean, last year he, he comes on the scene as a freshman. Uh, I, I don't think we had too high expectations for him. And he, he just really was just a solid player. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how he also progresses. Uh, I mean, defensively and running the offense, he's been great. Um, but like you just mentioned, you know, his shooting is, is still, it's above average. And, you know, for him to be in the corner and be a threat as well, um, it, it's great. The, the three of those guys are definitely going to be 
a, a good tandem and most likely one will always have a mismatch on them at what you know you probably don't have three guard defenders that can guard all three of them especially I mean Jeremiah is the point guard but he's a lengthy point guard so he might have a mismatch in the height or you might have done or battle getting uh, somebody who's not quick enough to stick up with either of them uh, so I really like that. Um, and it does seem like that is what McKee has really pushed for that offense that you kind of just explained uh, that drive and kick to the, you know, rotating defender coming off of another guy, um, hopefully for an open corner three or something like that. So it, it seemed, especially in the second half last night, the shots were going in, um, but you could definitely see a lot of uh, this team coming into its own and McKee making it, you know, what he envisions long-term. Yeah, I said it perfectly. I think it's like it's really when those three are on the floor, if, if that can work. Um, the question is kind of like, how does the front court play into that? What do those rotations look like? What are the, uh, you know, what do those lineups look like? But those three, I think, in a lot of ways, will be the barometer for success for for Temple this season. And then, how does Ty complement them? How does Julia White complement them? How does uh, someone like Zach Hicks complement them once they get into conference play? Does Quincy Adam Akoya see the floor at all? It's it's questions that are going to continually be answered, but those first glimpses, it's it's those three with a year under their belt, an offseason under their belt, practice time under their belt. Uh, definitely, are, I, I anticipate take, to take a step forward. Yeah, and I was curious because um, both of them have that like moniker of being the shooter. Who would come in, Quincy or Hicks? Um, and I, I still have high hopes for Quincy, and I think he will be a good player. Um, but it was uh, that was kind of I was like, you know what, they're going to definitely go to one of them. And I was curious who would get the the nod. Um, and I know you guys did a story about Hicks, what, Monday night or Tuesday afternoon. And that kind of obviously hinted towards it. So uh, I, I mean, no, Hicks did really, really good. I still do want to see what uh, Quincy can also uh, show for himself. Yeah, I think right as of right now, it's probably Zach Hicks uh, is, you know, definitely ahead of him, ahead of Quincy and whatever the lineup is like. But nine deep on night one, I'm curious to see kind of how Aaron continues to play the rotation because they definitely have the depth to go, as he's always said, to go eight, nine, maybe even 10 deep. But on certain nights, that's not a great idea. On certain nights, not all not all those guys are going to play as well. Uh, certain guys are going to see less minutes. You need to keep guys on the floor longer just to get into a rhythm, get into a groove but he'll have the ability to go deeper into his bench uh, and keep some fresh legs on the floor. Um, what did you think about the overall play of the front court? Uh, we've mainly talked about the guard so far. Uh, I, I Sage Tolbert seems to be everything as advertised, going to get your rebounds, going to get block shots, um, can run the floor on the offense. You're not really going the offense through him. Uh, I was hoping we'd maybe see glimpses of Acapomo, but it is what it is. Game one, uh, just – didn't get to throw him out there. I thought Nick Jordan played really good. And I know you're really high on Nick Jordan. I've always been high on him as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought Nick really solidified himself as like, all right, this is why he's getting time over Ocpomo. So uh, I thought he did really well as uh, first game. I wasn't beyond impressed with the front court. Uh, Jake Forrester only played 10 to 15 minutes and that was large in part just because they didn't really need him to. Uh, UMES didn't pose much size. So they didn't necessarily need him to, to do a whole lot in the front court. And Aaron said he liked the tandem of, of Sage and Nick out there. Nick Jordan looked, in my opinion, more, more athletic than I think we've ever seen him. He was flying all over the floor. Um, he was making, he, he didn't, he wasn't really turning the ball over. He was making right decisions. He was getting rebounds. He was, he was finding the ball. And that's kind of all you can ask for. Like he was, he was in the right places. 
I and as a whole, Temple didn't rebound the ball especially well, but uh, he was one bright spot in that category. Sage Tolbert, I it's one game. Sage Tolbert played eight minutes last season uh, in the conference championship, so there's not a whole lot you can judge off that. And this was his this was really his debut. He played 30 plus minutes. I didn't get the sense he was a huge factor in this game. Uh, he had four rebounds, two blocks, I think. Uh, he could tell he played physical. But there was never a moment in the game where I was like, yeah, Sage Schulbert's on the floor and he's doing something. Uh, he didn't totally stand out to me. And I think in the long run, he has the potential to be a, a legitimate threat kind of as a, a stretch four or a five. I know he's at least like more comfortable. To, he's not like, a, I'm never going to shoot a three. I think he's trending in the towards like Nick Jordan wanting to be able to shoot the three. But I'm not exactly sure where his jump shot's at right now just because we haven't seen it in a game. Uh, offensively, just didn't impress me in the sense that, uh, like he didn't impact the game a whole lot. Um, I think he had maybe one assist. Like he, I know he can pass out of the high post. I know he can rotate well. I know they, they don't, they like have, I know they like having him along. Um, it was just the way the game, the flow of the game, the way the game worked out. He, uh, he didn't exactly, he, he just wasn't a huge involvement in the offense. And defensively, I never felt like there was a moment where I was like, wow, that was, wow, wow, that was whatever. Uh, again, one game, I think it's a long season. I think he'll continue to grow and evolve and establish his role and make plays and whatever. But night one, he, he wasn't anything unbelievably special. So I think that front court will be interesting to see how that group develops because they have a legitimate rotation or what we think will be between Jay. Nick Sage and whatever Emmanuel Pomo looks like or how he fits in against a team with more size, you know, we'll see on Saturday against USC. So that's another group that uh, just kind of like one part, one aspect of this team that I think will be interesting to see grow and develop. And as the season goes on, how Aaron kind of um, plays with that. Yeah. I mean, offensively, uh, I was, I don't know if I can't remember if they actually played it last night, but there's a lineup where I would love to see if at one point we get Jeremiah, done battle and then if you throw hicks at the stretch four and jordan at the five like the shooting in that lineup would just i think be entertaining to watch I, defensively they might have their issues um but uh, i last night i thought of that and i think th three or four of those guys that i just listed were on at once and like i thought to myself like yeah like i mean jordan has proven he can shoot the three hicks i mean last night after seeing his confidence and what he could do with game one as a college player and he's got the height that you could you know, throw them in at the four if you needed to. Um, I thought of that last night and I was like, well, you know, if we're shooting well and we need to keep shooting well, that would be an intriguing uh, lineup that, you know, McKee probably could mess around with. Um, but no, overall, I thought Jordan and uh, the way you said, he just was finding the ball. He was hustling. Um, he, he was doing a really, really good job. So I, I've always liked him. I always thought he had, he was kind of just a, a high upside guy long-term. Hopefully he was a little bit of a question mark but it was like a low risk, low or low risk, high reward guy to like get to the team. I felt, mm -hmm. um, and so far it seems to be paying off. I think so. Yeah, his his growth, his development over the last even like year and a half has been really pretty impressive. Just coming in as a guy that played sparingly the first couple minutes, a lot of DNPs through a good portion of last season, and then really just made the jump. JP Mormon gets hurt, he's thrusted into the starting lineup and in two straight games, knocks down two threes. I think it was like Tulane and Tulsa uh, hit two threes in both those games, started to find, you know, started to have that rebound, that um, that fight to grab rebounds and 
started to kind of make his presence felt on the floor. So I figured that he would be a good, uh, a good piece in this rotation or a guy that was seeing significant minutes. And I think that's kind of what we got from him on night one. Um, now you were at the McKee press conference after the game last night. Um, yes. How, how would, you know, based on McKee's, um, what he said and body language, uh, you know, how do you think he feels after game one? Like, I mean, the first half was slow. They end up winning by 23. So, you know, they, they basically took care of business when it was all said and done. Um, how would you say uh, he, you know, kind of looks going forward? I think he feels probably similar to how a lot of the fan base feels. And that's Temple got a win, but uh, it looked like it was their first game. Um, they have some things they need to clean up in a lot of ways. Uh, they can't afford to play that first half of basketball against, you know, 80% of the teams on 90, not probably 90, 95% of teams on their schedule. That's not something they'll be able to do and win games. Um, but it was their first game. They got a lot of jitters out of the way. Aaron had said, uh, I, you know, I, I asked Aaron and his presser about like what, uh, what kind of played into the slow start. And he's like, we got a young team. It's a young core. It's a young group. And a lot of these guys haven't necessarily played live games together or, uh, which is kind of similar to the the narrative of last year, but they're still a young and inexperienced team. He said for a lot of these guys, he's chalking it up to just kind of an out-of-body experience. And I think like someone like Zach Hicks is the perfect example of that, of like just there being the shell shock of that first game, uh, whatever it is, it's been a while since they've played. That's why you play these, like, you know, what they call gimme games early on. Like this is a chance for them to just get up and down the floor against the team they should be, that they're more talented than. Um, and it took... 25 27 minutes of basketball to figure it out but they eventually did they started knocking down shots and I think they started to realize like when the way they play when you know when shots are falling when they're playing the way they should be playing the Temple's uh Temple's a pretty decent basketball team uh so Saturday night we got USC um what are or Saturday you're gonna do the football game and the basketball game or are you picking one how are you guys uh, figuring that all out so timing worked out well that Football's at noon, basketball's yeah. at seven. So uh, Bella and I will both be at both for football because we switch off for football. Say, say that uh, again, you froze for a second. Oh, sorry. So That's Bella right. and I will Bella and I will both be at football and basketball. Um, I'll write for football and Bella will write for basketball because Bella did the last football game and then I did Wednesdays. Uh, she I wrote for the she wrote for the last football game. I wrote for Wednesday's basketball game. So. Uh, we'll both be both covering both, but I will write for football. She'll write for basketball. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to end up going to both. I'm going to force myself to watch whatever happens at noon on Saturday, and then uh, Saturday night. I am very excited for that game. It is definitely a real test. What are what are your expectations going into that game? I can't say I have a scouting report on USC in front of me, but I assume they have a, a good squad, Pac-12, and you know, a team that usually has some athletes and good players. Um, what can, you know, you don't have to give a prediction, but what do you, you think, you know, what are we looking at Saturday night? USC is legit. I didn't watch their first game, but they have a Mobley brother and a Boogie Ellis, uh, who Temple fans probably remember. I mean, Temple didn't play Memphis last season, but uh, may remember from two seasons ago, Boogie Ellis dropping 20 on Temple. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of an undersized point guard. Uh, but he's really shifty, great for himself, and he's gonna he's gonna put the ball in the hole. He's gonna cause problems for them for Temple defensively. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against someone like him, how they slow Mobley down. Um, again, this will be a real, real, real test. USC is one of the toughest games on Temple's non-conference schedule. So uh, I 
am not going to sit here and try to predict a Temple win. Uh, I think that there is some possibility that it's close for a part of the game, but I think USC probably wins this one. And it's a, it's a game where Temple plays, it, however it goes, they walk away from that game like, okay, we have a better understanding of what it takes to, uh, to win games, what we need to do, and that it takes 40 minutes of good basketball if, if they're going to be a really good team. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, they, they know that they can't start the same way they did last night um, against most of their schedule, and uh, especially a team, like you said, you know, it seems like USC is legit. Um, I'm, I'm curious uh, what their uh, size is like. And as we mentioned, you know, Forrester probably will play a little bit more. I wonder if Akpomo yeah. does get the floor because of, you know, a team like USC has size. Um, was it uh, two or three years ago we played them, like the weekend of Thanksgiving and upset them? Yes, that was three years ago. I think that was my freshman year. And maybe we can pull it off again on Saturday. I don't know if it'd be considered a full upset, uh, but I don't. Are they ranked USC? They're not ranked. Right? No, but they're good. They're really good. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, definitely last night got my hopes up. I think uh, the uh, feel for Temple sports in general. We needed a good win like that last night, whether it was basketball or any sport, um, just to get everybody's uh, confidence and excitement up a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see if we can keep it going on Saturday. Uh, we will find out. Um, so what, what I going forward uh, for this year, I guess we'll just say um, basketball team. What do you, what are you thinking? Like 18 wins is 20 wins realistic or is that too optimistic? So we've talked about this a little bit on the Owl Scoop. Best version of this Temple team, like the, uh, the, the Temple team that sort of fi figures things out early and plays their best basketball and lives up to the potential and lives up to the hype is a 20-win team. I don't see them winning more than 20 games, but I also don't see them winning like less than 16 or 17. I think they're a good team. I think that like 18, like 17, 18, 19 mark, uh, is probably where they're going to be at. The, the thing I keep going back to is they have a full non-conference schedule to figure things out before conference play. They're going to be able to pick up, you know, the decent number of wins heading into the conference schedule, but also last year playing 16 games, five of them, they lost by two possessions or less, six points or fewer. This team is a year older than what they, than what they were last year. Um, and I think if they can kind of cut down on those mistakes, can learn to finish off games you know, if they're in close games, learn to close things out. Um, I, I think they're they're a different team than last year just because they're older. They have, you know, adding Zach Kicks, adding Jaleel White, adding Sage Tolbert. They have a couple more pieces. I think it's definitely an improved team from last season. Uh, so I think they're probably in that, like, 18-ish win uh, range. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty accurate uh, assessment. I mean – the, the optimistic fan in me wants to go higher than 20, but yeah, I don't, it, it just, there's still such a young team. And as we mentioned, the inexperience and, you know, finally getting McKees, everything that he wants, his guys, his offense, his system, uh, it's still going to take a year or two for it to fully uh, see all the benefits of it. But I do think it is a good team. I would say the minimum wins I'm expecting is 15, uh, but I, I would love to see 18, 19 and, you know, maybe get in, the, depending on how they do in conference play, maybe make a run in the conference tournament. 
Um, I mean, if they end up on the bubble, that would be an extremely, uh, you know, high, high uh, praise for going into this year and expectations, what we were getting. Um, but I'm trying to stay realistic, especially, um, you know, after last year, the COVID year, you know, expectations were thrown out the window anyway. Um, but no, I, I think after last night, it does look like it'll be a fun team, a good team, and they can play some quality basketball, definitely. Yeah, when they're when they're playing the basketball that they that they can play, it's a team that can score at a high volume. It's a team that can defend real at a high level. Uh, it's a team that can get up and down the floor. It's a team that can outrun other teams uh, when they are playing. Uh, I I guess when they're playing selfish, not defending well, when they're not rebounding hard enough, then it's a team that can fall apart at the heels pretty quickly. So it's. Uh, and I hate that I'm going to sound like, you know, some temple, whatever, but it's about consistency. That's something that Aaron McKee preaches a ton. It's about them being consistent and then being able to play full, full games. Uh, and that's really true. If they play that way, because they definitely have the potentials there and the, the kind of raw talent is there, but none of these guys have won in college basketball. Uh, none of these guys have really proven themselves at the college level but it's a lot of guys with a lot of talent. Uh, it's a lot of young guys. So they're going to, they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be perfect. Um, but it, I think, I think it's a team that can definitely make a, you know, make a mark in, in the, uh, in their conference schedule. Uh, I agree. Uh, you mentioned consistency. Uh, you Sam consistently are always a pleasure to have on this. <laughs> uh, you, you do such a great job at what are you, you're finally 21, right? You're I am. I'm going to be 22 in a month. Yes. I think that was the first time I had you on. It was like the night before your 21st birthday. You had you and uh, Sam Newman oh, on, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. So, no, you you are always a pleasure to have. You do such a good job uh, covering them. And now, obviously, uh, that has paid off getting the job uh, with Bella at the Inquirer to continue doing that. Um, Sam, you have an intramural basketball game yourself tonight. Are you expecting oh, yeah. a W? Are you expecting a W? We're 2-0. and oh. I expect nothing less than a W. What is uh, if you had to compare yourself to a current uh, Temple player? What is your Temple comparison? Oh my God, a current Temple basketball player. I am a far less talented. Uh, ooh, it's a good question. Probably Jeremiah, because okay. I was never like a uh, I like I was never the score twenty five a game player. Uh, and sometimes I feel like I want to be if just because if you know if I if I get those looks, but I'm uh, I, I definitely like to facilitate more and and get other guys get other guys good looks more. So the guy that can shoot the ball, but uh, will look to help look to facilitate things and uh, and run an offense, which is funny. That's why I haven't even, I've never thought about. It. That's a good question. <laughs> I'll have to yeah. put that in on the message boards to have like I'm curious what like DeCarlo and Kyle will say. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that on our message boards for this week's episode of The Scoop, someone had asked if me, Kyle, Dante, and Javon, uh, me, Kyle, John, Don, yeah, uh, if the five of us had played the current Temple team, who would guard who, who would play what position, and how would we do? I think Kyle said we'd lose like 100-something to seven. Uh, we'd get a couple cherry-picking baskets. Uh, I would run the point. Javon would be our center, but, like, we'd have him on the wing. We'd, like, let him play out more and shoot the ball a little bit. Kyle said he'll give us 11, uh, 11 strong minutes, and then he'll be gassed. <laughs> it, was, it was a funny question. They had fun. With, I, I wasn't on that part of the pod, but they had fun with it. That Actually, that's really good. Um, uh, I, seven points. I don't know how you're getting that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We would definitely get blown out. That that is for that is for sure. Um, 
Well, Sam, thank you again for doing this. Always, always a pleasure. Um, have to get you back on maybe mid-season, do a mid-season uh, recap and see where the team's at. Um, but hopefully uh, you do well tonight in your game and hopefully uh, Temple does well Saturday. Appreciate you having me on, Sean. Thank you, dude. And uh, as always, guys, I'll be back.